So what is it about Dune? That one scene where the dude is sitting on top of the of the post in the rain on that foreign planet and he's singing all weird. What is that about? Well, we're going to talk about it. We are hopefully going to explain adequately what is going on inside the throat. How many people have discovered that technique throughout the world and maybe how you can use it in your production. So we'll talk shop and hopefully help you make use of yet another tool in the Tune Shed. It's the Tune Shed. All right, welcome to the Tune Shed, the workshop for everything music from history, theory, creative process, production, you name it. We're here to become better music listeners, better creators, and better music lovers. I'm your host, Make Blurry, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend and professional musician and singer, Marty Gray. What's up, Man, Marty? I'm going to just say it right off the bat before anyone asks. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't throat sing. <laughs> I can't. No. I've tried. <laughs> it, it hurts. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I have you tried. You know, neither can I, so... I can't really blame you there. God, it's so it's painful. <laughs> Every time I try it like hurts a little bit. And I'm sure it's like smoking. You know, you just have to do it a little bit and eventually the hurt goes away. <laughs> like so Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I just can't I can't get over the hump, man. That's a tough one, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and on the topic of just saying it, I'll just say it. You gotta read the book before you watch the movie when it comes to You doom. literally do. Blake, um, have you read the book? I did it in the reverse order. I did it in reverse order, and I just I finished the book like a month ago, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't understand anything. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. We um Cassie forced me to read the books on a road trip before the movie came out, which was so smart, and I probably would have done the same. <laughs> I'm just lazy. I'm lazy <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, but the music in that movie and the way they made all the sounds too, epic. Absolutely oh god. epic. Oh god. Like, worth a whole day's study for sure. Like, oh, yeah. Hans Zimmer killed it. Yeah, Hans Zimmer is iconic. Man. So you know what? We're going to talk about Dune later. But first, let's let's All just right. try and figure out what throat singing is. What is it? You've, you've probably heard it before. If not, this episode's going to blow your mind. It's going to be great. Let's, let's play a little more of that song that we listened to at the end of last episode. How about that? Just to, okay. just to get us, just to get our feet yes. wet. I love that song.
got a real rhythm to Ooh. it. Can't help it, but it like just something in me is ready to go after I hear oh my, that. Yeah, it's yeah, it awakens something. Yeah, there's something really you know, I don't know what they're saying, but <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. Like the the vibe is there. It, it it makes sense. Man, it's nuts. And like so what's happening? Like what is what is happening to make that sound come out of his mouth? Right? For real. So let's just start with the definition bullcrap. Like let's let's get that out of the way. So throat singing is broadly classified by ethnomusicologists as a style of singing accomplished by activating the quote unquote false folds or the area of tissue just above the vocal folds or the true folds. So basically, mm. what I'm using right now to speak to you are my true folds. Just above that is a sort of like a two bumps of flesh that I'm able to sort of smack together to create mm. a subharmonic or to sound one octave lower than what my true folds are putting out. Ooh, subharmonic. Okay, so that's below that's the below fundamental. below the fundamental. Yes. Huge Whoa. difference than overtone singing, which all of those notes are above the fundamental. And and is made by a completely different style of singing. And a different function, right? So like in our last episode we were talking about how overtone singing kind of works all the cavities in the front of your face and your skull. Yeah. And those vibrate and the overtones come out. But this is literally another set of flaps that hit a sub. Yeah, a completely different set of muscles, a completely different area, um, a completely different tradition, all of it. So it's wow. it, you can understand why I find it a little odd that throat singing is sort of like an umbrella term to describe false folds vibrating together and overtone singing, you know? Yeah. I think the reason is... Yeah, that's a misclassification. Yeah, and I think a lot of the reason has to do with a lot of these traditions sort of use both techniques at the same time. You know? Oh, so if you don't know how to do it, you probably just kind of get a little bit lost in what's actually happening. Right, or like somewhere along the way, someone was yeah. like, ooh, the, that like subharmonic is sick. That's throat singing. And I mean, so to be clear, throat singing comes from the Mongolian word for throat which I think oh, is okay. kume, if I remember from my research. <laughs> I'm not very good at research, <laughs> but I think it's, I think the Mongolian word is, is kume. And right. so I'm sure along the way someone said, oh, that's throat singing, sweet. And then they heard someone else do only overtone singing, and they said, oh, I recognize that, you know, or something like that. Like somewhere along the way it got yeah. mixed up. Yeah, because that's how I knew it. I, I've always just lumped all those things together i didn't know that it was a completely different operation yeah yeah and like when you're producing stuff and when you're looking for these kind of singers maybe on fiverr or something it can be really useful to know the the distinction <laughs> you know oh, i never thought of hiring a throat singer or an overtone singer on fiverr oh my god that would be so fun yeah, it's so possible and by the way so cheap so Whoa. just putting that out there i mean that's that's really the tune the, t the tool in the tootin' shed is... Uh, <laughs> they should sponsor us, though, before we... <laughs> that's true. That's true. They need to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. So my professional advice until they sponsor us is you learn how to do this somehow on your own. <laughs> hey, well, in the last episode, you gave an example of somebody who learned how to do it on their own, and it was quite that's impressive. That's true. 
That's true. And I, you know, to be fair, I can kind of overtone sing a little bit, um, but I can't mm. really throat sing at all. However, Eli Engelbert, who some of you may know as Yeti Bear, he's been on the podcast before. He can mm-hmm. throat sing. No way. Um, he's learned how to do it. And uh, how we not get him to do that? I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's very <laughs> Super very awesome. Cool. Um, one of the guys in my acapella group learned how to do it too. So we employed the you know use of subharmonic singing in some of our arrangements as well. Like, yeah, it was. You know, it's not it's not impossible to learn how to do it. I think to learn it in some of these traditions from around the world in like a style that you know you would do them proud. I think that would take a lot of time and a lot of years. But I think just the the technique of of learning how to to resonate your false folds, I don't think is as difficult as you might think. It's like any instrument probably. It's like kind of easy to start but hard to master. So you can get right. a little something. Well, maybe not easy in this case. I'd have no idea how to start. But maybe with some research and some dedicated practice, you could get a note out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's like, yeah, like you say, any instrument. I mean, maybe we should try right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's try it. I don't so even, like, what do I do? <laughs> you just so, so just do it, bro. <laughs> uh, do you, like I would know. <laughs> <laughs> I started making shapes with my mouth, but I don't know what. Wait, so quick question. Not that this is going to help me figure it out, but <laughs> is the subharmonic series the inverse of the harmonic series? Like, is it the same notes? Absolutely not. Okay, so that, I mean, that wouldn't help me anyways, but I guess good to know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're talking about a completely different, like, a completely different math here, you know? So a subharmonic, you're only going to get the octave below what you're singing. Oh, okay. Right? Wow. And it's, um, yeah, there's, there's no way, like, the math doesn't work the opposite way. So essentially, if you were going to try this, would you just sing a note and then move your mouth and throat around? And try, no, like, no. I, I think the idea it? is it's like comes from your chest. Right? Oh, it's like chest. Okay. you have to start singing a note and then like do that growly thing. Like the <laughs> like that, that thing. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we're kinda, nailing it. <laughs> I kind of got it, although it did hurt. <coughs> oh no it like makes me cough yeah i don't know that that's crazy <laughs> it's amazing it's really amazing and it's what's so amazing i think about this is like we talked about different cultures sort of independently discovering overtone singing in the last episode mm-hmm. the amount of people and cultures that have adopted throat singing is e- the list is even more extensive cool. it's insane like Obviously, we think of the people of Siberia, Mongolia, Russia, and Kazakhstan as having sort of the most vibrant integration of this technique into their musical traditions. Like, I don't think there's any argument there. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, there are so many different styles in Mongolia alone. I'll just read a, a quick excerpt from, like, the Wikipedia on Mongolian throat singing. It is the Tyvans who have developed throat singing most extensively. Tyvans being a class of technique. Although classificatory debates around Tyvan indigenous scholars and performers as well as among Western academics, there are three broadly acknowledged styles of Tyvan throat singing. Kume, 
the generic term, which also implies a soft style, which diffused harmonics above the fundamental drone. There's sigit, or sigit, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, with a clear whistle-like melody above a drone. I'm sure that's overtone singing. And kargira, mm -hmm. or kargira, or however, I don't know how to pronounce that either. A low growling that is rich in undertones, right? So just in that one distinct style of Mongolian throat singing, of which there are at least 15, there are three huge distinctions, <laughs> right? So oh like, my gosh. The, the culture is rich. It's It's faceted. There are tons of different kinds of that one kind of throat singing, even within Mongolia. Wow. Right? And all the time and, and exploration and then, like, control and mastery to pull these things off. That's blowing my mind. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, like, you'll st I mean, we're going to go around the world. We're going to sort of take a world tour here in a second. And you'll start Ooh. to see, like, the different styles and, like, how people have sort of found different ways to imbue throat singing into their song so on last episode we heard a mongolian singer sing overtones let's listen to a different section of that same song okay <laughs> So there, it's like, he's he's definitely using that same like wah 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 thing, mm -hmm. to sort of manipulate all of the overtones and what's going on. But he's also resonating his false folds and making subharmonics too. Wow, that was kind. Of, it's kind of hard for me to pick out the subharmonics. My ear is not good at it. Yeah, I mean it. It does sound like the regular note. It just sounds like it's grittier, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's almost like an effect on the... Yeah, because it's an octave down, so they kind of blend together nicely then, don't they? Yeah, and it's... What's really tough about it, I think, is that our ear is so trained to hear natural singing. Yeah. And keep in mind, the actual note, like if you stopped resonating your false folds, that actual note would still be there because it's the first partial, right? So if you're resonating your false folds, it's almost like tricking your ear into thinking... Okay, it's just like a gritty note. But oh, what's actually right. happening mathematically is like there are you know, there are waves coming out that are half as fast. I see. Yeah, so like your ear might happening. just hear it as like a low gritty one low gritty note, but in reality it's kind of the main note is higher than that and the grittiness is the low part coming through. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the false folds are literally vibrating half as fast i will say that wow how would you <laughs> like, ever train yourself to, like if you had a, one of those cameras down your throat and you could look at it and then you sing a note and then try to like cut the false folds folds vibration in half like how would you it's insane <laughs> i'll admit something i um i thought the same exact thing that you did and i i tried to look for it so I was like, I wonder if there's a video of, of like <laughs> that happening, like if someone's taking a video. And, you know, honestly, I'm sure there is. I didn't look for that long, but I couldn't find it on YouTube. Ooh. But it has to be there. You know, right. like someone has to have been curious. Call to action. If anyone finds it, 
email us at please. the tuneshed podcast at gmail.com oh, please send it to me i would love to see that so much that that'd be so much fun it'd be a lot to see but it'd be very cool Absolutely. especially if it was a slow-mo video wow oh i would love that so let's move now to south africa and right. listen to a little bit of a south african version of this yeah okay So is that parallel motion like we were talking before? Yeah. That... Yeah. Wow. I think that I like that example, especially after what we just talked about, because she's sort of singing right up there. Mm -hmm. But you really can, you can pick out right down there. Oh, yeah. You know, like it fully sounds like two time. notes. Yeah. Yeah. One more time. Like, it, it it's fun because the low subharmonic sort of drops out once in a while, and then it comes back. Hmm, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's a really cool, really cool sound. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love like that effect of going in and out. Um, another cool thing that people have discovered is that you can do this in a group. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it sounds amazing. So the, I didn't think um, of that. Oh my god, the the Tibetans, a long time ago, discovered this, and have since made entire like meditation traditions around this kind of singing, which I think is amazing. So huh. this excerpt is from some monks in India, and they're Tibetan monks. They were just exiled from Tibet, and so this is like this is a group of uh, Tibetan throat singers. Do you know how many people that was? Sounds like three or four. That's what I Yeah. Cause it, it is in stereo, and I, I could definitely could pick out like the guy in the middle and then guy on the left and right, but I think there might be a fourth. I don't know. Okay. Because, yeah, I was kind of having a weird auditory illusion where it doesn't sound like that many voices on one level, but then when I start trying to pick out the individual notes, it sounds <laughs> like a massive choir of voices, but then I'm like, wait a yeah. minute, it doesn't sound like a massive choir, though. It's, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. And I mean, I think you have pretty good ears for picking that out because, again, they are still resonating their false folds and their true folds, right? So they they really are effectively generating two tones at once. Not only that, but there are singers singing the fundamental and then there are others i think just one singing the fifth too 
So it's oh, sort of yeah. like scrambles your brain all sorts of harmonic ways. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like when the sound doesn't line up with a video or something and and or there's more sound than you think there should be and it's confusing or you can't tell where the sound's coming from. It's like one of those things is kind of mixed into this effect somehow. Mhm. Yeah, I mean I could see how it would be a very effective like form of meditation. Like it's oh, so yeah. It's so mystifying. It's so like godly. Yeah. Also, really low notes. That yeah, something, there's something grounding low. about that. Something that feels, yeah, calming. Yeah. So low. I mean, there are some videos of the Tibetan throat singers, especially, uh, singing as like a group of twenty or fifty, and mm. those videos are insane. Like those are fun. I don't know. Go on a Tibetan throat singing journey on YouTube and. You'll discover some like really crazy stuff. I just chose that one because it was recorded really well. Yeah, it's a nice recording. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to move to Alaska. Whoa, okay. So the Inuits also have a tradition, but it's very, very different than the Tibetan monks. Um, obviously, you have to be a man to be a Tibetan monk. But in this tradition, uh, two women sit across from each other and get their lips really close together. And they have a tradition which I think loosely translates to sharing the same air. And they sort of do this like very rhythmic, guttural, you know, kind of throat singing, kind of like chanting. I don't know. You'll just have to hear it. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That's fun. It is like almost a little funny, but also I was quickly hypnotized by it. I felt just Uh kind of like my eyes kind of blurred over. I was like, whoa, what is there's like, is there a lower part and a higher part? Both kind of going back and forth between a couple pitches or what even happened there? Yeah, I don't know. It's so alien to me. It's it's so different than like super unique sounds. Oh my God. It's, It's not even music. I don't really. It doesn't register as music to me. Really? I was kind of having a different experience where like when she came in with those high notes, all of a sudden I switched into like, yeah, it felt like almost the feeling you'd get from a drum circle or something because it's so Mm -hmm. percussive, but then there's kind of these elements of pitch popping in. Totally agreed. Yeah. To my ear, it's, it's the, the high singer is sort of doing this like more animal mammalian like yelling thing like woo, 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 woo. and then yeah. the lower vocalist is doing the the actual throat singing which is that guttural like <laughs> that thing yeah so like so, technically yeah. she is resonating her false folds um but it's not it's not really a projected note more of like a guttural growl you know like a pitchless mm-hmm. thing i don't know it's awesome yeah it's cool. really cool yeah wow. it's great so the last place on this planet that we're going <laughs> is uh, we're going to the Italian island of Sardinia. Oh, cool. Or Sardinia. Sorry. Um, this is a Sardinian tradition. And the reason I pulled this up is because 
the island of Sardinia has a really weird, um, not only ethnomusical history, but a, a, just a really weird, like, history in general. Like, their, um, their genetics are very mixed with Mediterranean genetics in that there's a lot of Greek uh, tradition. There's tons of Turkish tradition, which mm-hmm. is, I think, where a lot of this kind of music comes from. A lot of Northern African tradition in the island of uh, Sardinia. And fun fact, sardine, the fish, the name for hmm. the fish, comes from this island. Really? So that's that's fun. That is fun. Yeah, I, lear- I learned that in my research. <laughs> so many hidden gems out there. Yeah. But this tradition, I think, is a great way to bring it back to a more familiar context because this tradition is sort of like intermingled with four-part harmony. So they've got this like way of uh, imbuing like a little bit of raga scale with a little bit of throat singing with a little bit of like four-part harmony, like Western harmony stuff. I don't know. It's awesome. So give it a listen. Wow. What I liked about that one, it's so tight. Like they're all on and then they're all off together. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Like it doesn't even give you a chance to sort of figure out like what is every individual doing. It's just like this big wall of polyphony yeah it's great yeah it's it's so it's it's so fascinating that this tradition exists because it's like it really is one part northern african you know like one soloist sort of doing the and the whole group sort of coming in and supporting him randomly it seeming like seem it seems like it's random but it also has this tradition of a little bit of the Middle East slash Eastern Northern African tradition of like those those little inflections like like that those uh those little trills that they do those little affectations that they use and also has an element of Western harmony in that they use you know the one chord and the four chord pretty much the whole time it's like this incredible like clashing of cultures it's it's insane it's so yeah. cool plus throat singing of course <laughs> yeah you know? i like your breakdown there yeah the highlights it's yeah it's a crazy melting pot altogether man it's great i didn't even know this uh this kind of thing existed until today i was really absorbed by this tradition if you want to learn more there's a group called i was going to say like i haven't heard anything like anything i've heard today <laughs> across the whole day that's good that's good news (laughs) so much unique content to think about that's awesome yeah they um the traditional style is called canto a tenore Mm -hmm. um and then the group that i was listening to is santu 
Lusulu. <laughs> How do you spell that? L U S S U G L I U. Okay. And I know I'm pronouncing that right because I did study opera. <laughs> That's the one thing I've got. I've got Italian. <laughs> I know how to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, yeah, the pronunciation is tricky, but um, you know, the meaning's the same, so we'll just keep working yeah. at it. It's true. So, now we'll depart planet Earth and we huh? will go to the land of Dune. Oh, yeah, Dune. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, huh? What's happening next? (laughs) There's Martians? I don't know. Uh, Okay, Dune. Makes sense. Yeah, we're Uh, going to Dune. The spice. Melange. I mean, I'm I'm sure... Everything in the universe, it's all spice. Spice is everything. Man, those books are so good. So (laughs) good. Man. And I can't wait for for more movies. It's going to be awesome. So, as Blake knows, and as many of you know, Throat singing was featured in Dune. So for the, I mean, for those of you that are listening to this episode, like, why are we talking about this? Well, Hans Zimmer literally created this. I mean, Hans Zimmer thought, I mean, he's, whether you like it or not, Hans Zimmer is a producer just like you and me. He just works on movies, right? But he's in charge of making soundtracks and creating soundscapes and like vibes and, and musical motifs and themes for alien worlds that don't exist. You know, and so, so what epic. he's, I know it's so sick. It's like amazing. So what is he left with? You know, so Hans Zimmer at some point made the executive decision to feature throat singing and to sort of warp the traditions that he's heard around the world. Some of which we've heard today into a more unfamiliar or quote unquote alien context. Right. So yeah. from my ears, what it sounds like is. Hans Zimmer borrowed a vocal technique from Mongolia that really emphasized the very deep, guttural, non-wispy version of throat singing, Mm. right? Like a super deep version of throat singing. And he set throat singing to alien words, you know? So this scene appears on the first scene of... um, Sala, Salun, Sala, Sala Secundus with uh, the first time we see the Sardaukar oh, is okay. when we when we hear the throat singing. Oh yeah, isn't that and, the is that the prison planet where they all live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the prison planet. And the Harkonnens have to uh, they they hire a legion of Sardaukar to go fuck up the Atreides <laughs> on <laughs> Dune. <laughs> and there's the scene where we see the Sardaukar for the first time. They're in the rain and it's like really evil looking and it's awesome. Oh, I and, remember that now. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And there's this dude like sitting on top of a really, a really tall post. And he's just like throat singing this like alien Sardaukar language. And it's, it's so evil. It's so great. So unfortunately I can't play that scene because it will get copyright struck. But <laughs> I did find a Polish dude <laughs> who throat sang the whole thing in the Sardaukar language. No. Which is awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little of his um, version, and he also nails the technique. By the way, he's he's amazing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. 
nakim hum boru kyol nikrum burul dum dam gam buri hanli hum 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 wow so low oh god <laughs> like if that doesn't make you feel something i don't know what's up god it is so evil it's so effective oh i don't know cool nice recording too wow yeah yeah he did a good job i I love his work that's really cool i'm sure every throat singer around the world was really excited when dune came out they're like oh my god (laughs) yeah well what's cool about dune too when i read the book i read the end there's a little section by the author's son and he was talking about how much the author researched and actually drew inspiration from just human history to create a lot of the things in dune so one example, he's actually from Oregon. Um, they actually used like some grass to prevent dunes from moving in Oregon, um, like which was suggested in the book as you know technology to keep the dunes from moving. Um, so they like took that approach and brought it to the real world. But also, there's tons of examples where you know he went out and, and referenced things. So it's kind of cool that Hans Zimmer mimicked that as well. Uh, you know, taking something you know, very human, this throat singing aspect and putting it in a new setting. Oh, totally agreed. I had no idea about that. Yeah, that little outro is really cool. Worth reading. Oh, I definitely will. I don't think I read it. I did listen to the audiobook, I will admit. Oh, yeah, maybe it's not an audiobook. I'm not sure how it's set up. But, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a cool little perspective as somebody watching the author sort of research and write this uh, epic book. Yeah, I'll read it. I mean, it's cool. It's like, yeah, we, we borrow from human tradition and human history to suggest things and like to make things more tangible. Right. You know? That's what that's what artists do. Yep. It's awesome. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Um, we're not done talking about the harmonic series, by the way. This Ooh. doesn't just apply. You know, the harmonic series is not just manipulatable in the human voice manipulatable manipulatable (laughs) (laughs) it's a day of pronunciation (laughs) oh i'm having a tough time there are a lot of uh (laughs) there's a lot of foreign languages in this episode (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of unique sounds in this episode that's really epic lineup that's true that's all Uh, i got we're gonna we're gonna talk uh we're gonna move on from the human voice in the next episode cool all right Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I guess we'll catch you next time. Much love. Bye.